Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Stop listening after you said we need a plan. I like your plan, except it sucks, so let me do the plan, and that way it might be really good. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. On tonight's show, I am going to be doing an NFC free agency review, and I'll be hitting you with some NFC Dynasty buys and sells now that we're mostly through the free agent period. Uh, Luckily, before the recording of this show, such free agents as Dalton Schultz and Devin Singletary and a few others have managed to sign. It's as if they knew I was doing the recaps this week. Uh, No co-host this week, no Jerry, no guest, but a lot going on with the Dynasty Warzone. So I'm going to rifle through that real quick and I'll get you into the body of the show. First of all, you would have gotten this show early and absolutely free. If you had been subscribed to our YouTube channel, simply go to YouTube, search Dynasty Warzone. There we are. Hit subscribe. All of the full-length pods, maybe you listen and maybe you listen on Wednesdays at work and you enjoy the podcast. But if you want to get it early, because maybe Monday or Tuesday aren't good podcast days for you and your podcast queue, and you want to get this show early, I've been recording. Jerry and I have been recording on Sundays and Mondays. Mondays has been guest day, but if you're subscribed to the YouTube channel and look under live videos, you will find the full-length pod. So don't be afraid. Head over to YouTube. It's like your backup. You can get it early. You can also listen to it on audio on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, all of those fun places, but this is uh, another way to get at the Dynasty Warzone. We would absolutely appreciate it. Um, I'll hit you with the Patreon real quick, patreon.com forward slash dynasty Warzone. Uh, the group chat's been great. We've got some great new patrons in there, really mixing it up and the chat's been live and I've been helping one of our patrons with an IDP startup and it's got the juices flowing. So our admin Neil has been busy with his day job, but he and I are getting ready to kick off our next startup. Uh, I'm shooting for April 1st, April Fool's Day. It's no joke. Uh, Looking to start some more patron dynasty leagues. So if you want to get into a league, uh, we've never had one collapse and they're not super expensive. Great way to get into a league with me or Jerry or both and some of the other content contributors here at the DWZ. So check out patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone. Not a huge investment and it's a great way to keep the show going. Um, Let's jump in. Let's jump into the show. Um, before I get going too crazy in this, uh, again, uh, I want to shoot a shout out to Jerry. Uh, Jerry is living the life of a good husband, and we always celebrate that here at the DWZ. Uh, there is no life like home life, so Jerry's out doing the good stuff. So, but I want to jump into it. It is back, um, back by popular demand. I think maybe not popular demand. I don't know. Um, but I have a good people 
with bad tweets. Um, of course, that is accompanied by our main man. We know we haven't been getting a lot of soundboard lately, but I, I want to make sure that we get uh, we get with our guest of honor, the Crip Mac on hood. On hood with my man, Crip Mac. So we're gonna jump into this. Good people, bad tweets, and this one is from Fantasy Nerd Boy, and boy is spelled with the ultra hip B O I. Fantasy Nerd Boy at Nerd Boy Takes. And he says, I'm assuming it's a he because it's a it's a male-looking figure in the avatar. And Mr. Nerdboy says, go trade Josh Allen for Justin Fields and a first. Um, how about no? How about just we'll, we'll start with no. We'll, we'll start with no, and uh, we'll, we'll take it from there. Uh, I think Justin Fields has enough upside to be really good in the offense they're putting around him. Uh, he's got a great rushing floor, but don't give up Josh Allen. See, if Josh Allen has a bad 2023, then Josh Allen will get the chance to have a good 2024. If Justin Fields has a bad 2023, he may not get a bad 2024. He he may get traded. He may get moved. If the Bears have another really bad season, they could use all of that draft capital I mentioned this last week that I was a big fan of what Ryan Poles has done, not only in putting an offense around Justin Fields, but insulating the Bears organization that if they choose to in 2024's draft, they could potentially go up and take a shot at a at a Caleb Williams, a Drake May, et cetera, from this upcoming class. So if both guys have an equally, equally good season, then – it's about a push, and maybe you missed out on a potential 24 first. But if both guys have an equally bad season, then at least we know because of the mega contract that Josh Allen is starting right now in 2023, we know he's going to be the QB for years to come. Whereas we've seen many of these first-round QBs gradually get replaced, whether it was Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, uh, Josh Rosen. Uh, there, there's others that I'm drawing a blank on, but it would be very easy for the Bears to replace him because, again, he'll be going into the the fourth year of his rookie deal, and they may have the draft capital to go up and, and get a replacement. So for that reason, that makes us a good person, bad takes. And uh, I, I am going to attribute that also to the patron. A um, lot, of, lot of good stuff uh, in that tweet, but it's – it's thinking. I will. I'll give the nerd boy that. It's he's thinking of a way to be creative, get extra draft capital. I think he's coming from a spot where he'd like to get additional assets and a, an equal amount of points. And I think in a seasonal league, I'm fine with that. In a dynasty league, I'm not fine with that. And it's really based off of the contract both QBs have. So uh, that is good people with bad tweets. Bought, brought to you by our patron. Again, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. So we're going to jump right into the free agent news. Uh, I do want to cover the remaining free agents in this class and uh, where PFF ranks them. So PFF put out a ranking of free agents 1 through 77. I guess it's the best 77 left on their board, and I will read those and if anything pops off 
even in the the NFC, which I'm going to cover tonight, then I'll make sure to cover it in the AFC podcast as kind of a, a backfill. So Odell Beckham Jr., they have it ranked as their fourth best free agent still on the board. Uh, I know Buffalo could still be in the mix. Uh, Kansas City, Cleveland, New York Giants, although they're less likely, we'll discuss why here in a minute. Uh, number eight, DJ Chark. Uh, I saw DJ Chark as a good fit for the Carolina Panthers. I heard that on a podcast earlier. He'd be a good addition to Adam Thielen, who they just brought in. Number 20, Austin Hooper, uh, rumored on Monday that he was visiting the Raiders, so we'll see. Number 25 on PFF's big board of remaining free agents, Zeke Elliott. Uh, Not too many rumors on Zeke. I think Zeke just may lay out for a little bit and see what happens with the draft. I would not be shocked if Zeke has a almost Melvin Gordon-like offseason where Melvin Gordon's re-signed with the... uh, I believe it was the Broncos last year. And that was literally the week of or right before the NFL draft. So we'll see. But I think that's one of the bigger names, maybe not bigger producers, but bigger names left on the board. At number 31, they have Foster Moreau. Uh, he's a guy, I'll throw you a bonus buy. He's a guy that I would go out and in tight end premium leagues, must start two tight end premium leagues. I would go out and try to get him now. If he lands in New Orleans where it's rumored that he is taking a visit, obviously chemistry with Derek Carr, uh, that would mean that my former man crush, Adam Troutman, may never be an actual thing, but he's a good speculative buy. I use the term moving on air. I don't mind moving on air for Foster Moreau. McCole Harden, uh, speedster, doesn't look like he'll be back in Kansas City. He is PFF's 32-ranked remaining free agent. Uh, Going down to number 38, Jarvis Landry. I don't know if I agree with Jarvis Landry here, but he's going to kind of have like that T.Y. Hilton into his career. Maybe he doesn't sign with the team right away, and and we'll see him him later in in the season. Julio Jones, I I think you've probably seen the last of Julio Jones. Uh, You've got Kareem Hunt, number 40, on this PFF list. He's got to be the one free agent running back that I'm actually kind of surprised hasn't signed. Uh, a very talented guy would look very good in a, in a spot like Atlanta. But as of now, he is unsigned. Um, Irv Smith Jr., a guy who several years ago we were all very, very excited for in Minnesota. And, and I think we had the right idea. I think we were barking up the right tree, if you will, based on the the success that we saw in just a handful of games with with uh, TJ Hawkinson there in, in Minnesota, but uh, Irv Smith never put it together there. Maybe he'll put it together in his, his next spot. Uh, number 50 on this list is Jarek McKinnon. Uh, very serviceable veteran. Uh, if anything, this gives me uh, positive feelings about, I know it's going to sound gross guys, and, and I feel really bad for saying it, but it gives me a positive vibe for, for Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. Um, maybe they're trying to get their money's worth out of him. Uh, this is the final year of of his rookie deal. It'll be him and Isaiah Pacheco. I don't see a rookie going into Kansas City uh, and shaking this up. So cheap Clyde Edwards-Alaire, as I read this list, maybe. Uh, number 53 would be Marvin Jones Jr., and that's the last one on this PFF list. So that's a handful of people that have signed. 
Um, they had guys like Devin Singletary, Damian Harris, uh, Dalton Schultz on this list as well, but they signed as I was preparing to record this podcast. So I'm not going to dive too deep into those until I come up on their teams. So what I thought I'd do to give us some content is I'm going to go team by team. I'm going to tell you who they added from a skill position standpoint and what do I see good, bad, or indifferent. And then at the end of this podcast, I'll give you two buys and two sells. And I'll jump right into the Arizona Cardinals. To date, the only people that the Arizona Cardinals have brought in for uh, free agent skill position guys have been a uh, shout out to a friend of the show, Tyler Gunther of the Dynasty Happy Hour. Tyler was always a big Corey Clement fan. Tyler, there you go, kid. Corey Clement in Arizona uh, in the backfield mix with James Conner. Uh, and then they signed former Colt and Eagles, Zach Pascal. This is really an ugly ugly offense. And if Kyler Murray is limited or off to a slow start, obviously they still have DeAndre Hopkins. I I think he'll get moved maybe closer to the draft and we'll see. I think it may even be like on draft week, draft weekend. I think if a team misses out on a rookie wide receiver, like maybe you're a team and you have like Quentin Johnston on your draft board and, and maybe you miss out and you're looking for a bigger wide receiver. Maybe, maybe D hop, is the kind of guy that 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 you could bring in. Uh, the only problem I see with D Hop is that he's quite expensive, and there's not a whole lot of teams left that have that kind of money. It would take a restructure, then you're married to him even longer. So I expect this one to drag out a little bit, but not much going on in the land of Arizona. Uh, Atlanta brought in backup QB Tyler Heineke to compete with Desmond Ritter. I would not be surprised, gang, if you have cheap Taylor Heineke still on your Superflex rosters, that's not a bad thing. Uh, Jonu Smith, I think people are getting it twisted. That uh, I saw people actually thinking that Jonu was going to impact Kyle Pitts, and I'm like, gang, I, I've never been a big Kyle Pitts stand, but, but even that's far-fetched. And then today, as I'm recording this show, they brought in Mac Hollins, and I think it was PFF or Fantasy Pros or somebody tweeted out that uh, Atlanta has the tallest receiving group in the NFL, which someone then smart acidly said, well, better for them to block, i.e. meaning the the run game. I will tell you that to date, Tyler Algier, my buddy Theo over at Player Profiler, Theo Griminger, he was like, Tyler Algier is doing his best The Matrix you know, he's dodging and, and ducking and, and missing those bullets. And I mean, with the exception of, of Kareem Hunt or a really high-end rookie, I mean, they could bring in a pass-catching type guy like a Tejan, I mean, excuse me, a Tajay Spears. But so far, I, I gotta consider, I gotta consider Tyler Algier a winner. Uh move on to Carolina, Carolina Panthers. Uh they've brought in Hayden Hurst, tight end. I think this kind of pisses all over the excitement that I've had for Tommy Trimble, but we'll see. He's still only going into year three, but you do have to clear him off of your taxis, but brought in the uh, well-traveled Hayden Hurst, uh, a move that myself and Matt Hicks from the DLF and the, the rookie big board last week, we discussed Adam Thielen as a good fit here as a mentor to a young receiving group. And man, that was a good call. Uh, Miles Sanders, uh, this one right here, biggest contract in free agency to date. 
for a free agent running back. Four years, I think it was like 12 or 13 million guaranteed. Uh, I really like that deal. And then Andy Dalton, and then I, I kind of put these two things together on my list, Andy Dalton and the 101. Clearly the 101's a quarterback. You don't pay that kind of price to go up and get a an asset unless you're going to make it a quarterback at that acquisition cost. But Andy Dalton, again, good mentor. Uh, someone, if they, if they want to go with the ultra-raw, uh, Anthony Richardson, not the worst thing in the world. Give him a, give him a, you know, couple of six weeks, even a full year. Uh, I think, I think Carolina could win the AFC, excuse me, the NFC South with this roster. I mean, Atlanta's still super young and not very good on defense. I don't know what the hell Tampa Bay is going to be. And they've got all these guys. So maybe they put it together for, you know, enough of a run. They finished second in the division last year, but I, I really like this, and I, I do like Miles Sanders. And don't be swayed by those people saying that, you know, uh, Chuba Hubbard's still there. Miles Sanders, very capable pass catcher. If you go back to his rookie year, uh, I think he had 60 targets, 40-some-odd catches. Uh, just because he hasn't done it lately doesn't mean that he can't do it. So I'm a big Miles Sanders guy. This is why I was acquiring Miles Sanders this time last year. I was telling you, go get Miles Sanders. Um, it was going to be a free agent year. This is a two-year contract with the way that I read it. So not not a ton of uh, outage in there. And here's the best part. The, the Panthers are going to have a rookie quarterback. Rookie quarterbacks are on cheap deals. There won't be this amazing need in 2024 to cut Miles Sanders to save cap because their quarterback will be going into year two of his rookie deal and Miles Sanders will still be very affordable. So I kind of see Sanders as a two-year asset. Chicago Bears uh, brought in a couple of running backs. I think one, Travis Homer, will be more of a, a special teamer, but we've seen him you know, play regular offensive snaps. Deonta Foreman, uh, to, to pair off with Khalil Herbert and uh, Ernst, I think it's Erbst or Erbst, the uh, the rookie from last year. Uh, I know I had a lot of him on on taxi squads. I didn't write his name down, so of course it would pop in my head to bring him up, and I would mispronounce his name. But Tristan Ernst is, is is if I remember correctly. You know, get get a piece of this backfield. Obviously, uh, earlier in the off season, I was preaching both here on the show and on Twitter. Khalil Herbert, Khalil Herbert, Khalil Herbert, uh, knowing that David Montgomery was a free agent, uh, but none of these guys are the healthiest guys around. So just having a piece of this Bears backfield could be good for you. DJ Moore, um, I would have loved to have seen him gone to a more, see what I did there, a more advantageous uh, offense, but I don't know what this offense is going to be. I'm going to be open-minded. Again, I hated when the the Eagles traded for A.J. Brown. I thought it was going to be doomsday. I was way wrong, and I could be way wrong here. And then uh, Bob Tanyan. They brought in Bob Tanyan, tied in from the Green Bay Packers. And this just kind of rounds out what's been a very nice offensive offseason for the Chicago Bears. I mentioned earlier in the body of the show that this is the put-up or shut-up year for, for Justin Fields. If the Bears have a bad season and finish, you know, six and eleven, five and twelve, seven and ten, and the Bears are, you know, drafting somewhere in like the the top ten picks, and you know they 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 don't see Justin Fields take a step. His pass completion does not go up. 
the wins don't go up. The fumbles don't decrease. I believe he had 16 fumbles last year. If he doesn't take a metric step forward, then this team, again, because of the smart trading of Ryan Poles, will have the draft capital to go up and make a splash. So going to be an interesting offense, uh, one that I probably won't have a lot of shares of except for my existing um, Khalil Herbert and DJ Moore shares. But I think it's good for Cole Komet and that Bob Tanyan can do some more of those uh, two tight end sets and, and maybe he can run some more routes. Uh, Dallas. Dallas made a couple of nice trades. One of those was defensive to get Stephon Gilmore. That's not what we're talking about. They got Brandon Cooks for a song. It's it's almost like they just basically traded Amari Cooper for Brandon Cooks without a year of Amari Cooper service. That's weird, uh, but obviously the big move was cutting Zeke Elliott, uh, who remains unsigned at this point, and Tony Pollard. Um you know, I I think we all look at Tony Pollard. We we get the the big googly eyes. Hey now, <laughs> you know we get that hey now look in our eyes when it when it comes to Tony Pollard. A uh, little hint. I'm going to talk about him later in the show, but I love the Brandon Cooks move for for Dak Prescott, and I, this is why. You know, obviously we'll talk about Dalton Schultz on the AFC edition of the show, but this is why I was like, go get Jake Ferguson, go get Turd Ferguson, go get Jake Ferguson. I've been saying it on this show for two months since the regular season ended. This is why that guy flashed. He he looked good, and if you haven't acquired him in your tight end premium or must start two tight end format leagues go look at that gm can you put together a trade where you get jake ferguson as a throw-in you might catch someone napping i don't know but it's definitely worth a shot detroit everybody loves detroit this one right here was kind of weird uh david montgomery replaces jamal williams touchdown upside that's all that I can tell you. I can tell you that David Montgomery was a pretty good pass catcher in Chicago. And I can tell you last year that Jamal Williams, as the secondary pass catcher, had less than 20 targets on the season. Whereas even though DeAndre Swift missed, I believe it was five games, like he played 12, he had 70 targets. So David Montgomery is going to need that touchdown upside to make him viable. I don't know that he gets it. You know, even if this was Jamal Williams in this role, would we be looking for another 17 touchdown season? And and I don't think so. Maybe. maybe. Um, but for Monty, he's still an RB2 for me, a back-end RB2. Uh, didn't really change much for Swift. Um, whether it was Monty or whether it was Williams, someone was going to be a pain in his ass and just kind of boring. Uh, the... The Lions lost uh, DJ Chark. At least they haven't re-signed him yet, but they're going to have Jamison Williams. They have two top 20 picks. They have six and 18 overall. So this this team's not done adding. They put a lot of money and, and pieces into the defense, but the, the Detroit offense is going to be fun. And I love a team that plays all of those home games. They're going to have nine uh, games indoors, at, le at least nine. That's the eight home games they have this year and one on the road at Minnesota. So uh, half of their schedule will be guaranteed to be indoors. So going to love Detroit. Green Bay, I mean, this really comes down to really they're going to be losing Aaron Rodgers at some point. And all of us, like me, I, I am uh, one of the original stands, ho uh, holders of Jordan Love. Uh, the one thing that I do like, see, I'm not going to use the word love 
with Jordan Love. One thing I like about the the Jordan Love situation is listening to veteran GMs, veteran players out there that that do podcasts and create content. Everyone that I've listened to, uh, Mark Schlereth actually talks about Jordan Love quite a bit, says that they believe internally he's taken major steps as a talent, and they're excited to see what he brings to the table for the next season or two. So I don't think you're going to get a discount because at this point the cat's out of the bag. You know, we all, we all know Aaron Rodgers is going to be on the move, so you, you're not going to get a deal. But uh, if you're looking for like a QB3, borderline QB2 with upside in a good offense and a and a and a pretty decent offense, I, I think Romeo Dubes is going to be going to be okay. Uh, we saw Christian Watson flash. I will laugh out loud. I, I will be honest. I will laugh out loud if the Green Bay Packers use that like 13th or 14th, 15th, whatever pick they have. If they use that pick on a, an offensive skill position player, something that they very seldom did for Aaron Rodgers. But I think this is an offense uh, on on the move. Uh, the the next one right here is is the the L.A. Rams and the L.A. Rams managed to acquire Hunter Long in the deal with the Miami Dolphins and then outside of that it's been this. It's uh, it's been largely largely cricket sounds out of out of L.A. and I think that's good for the existing guys. Obviously they gave. Allen Robinson the ability to pursue a trade they didn't um they've got a they've got they don't have a first but they have a lot of like mid-round picks and I would look for them to bring in some some offensive skill guys but no one that's going to rock your world from a dynasty perspective uh you're probably going to get another good year or two out of Cooper Cup so if you're not contending it might be a good time to to look at moving him for what might be your last chance for a, a king's ransom uh, Minnesota, I won't play the cricket sounder again, but uh, their only big move really was Alexander Madison on the offensive side of the ball, which is is fine. Um, it tells me that he's firmly there too. I think if you were to ask them internally, they'd love to get rid of they'd love to get rid of Dalvin Cook and his contract. Obviously, I don't think that's viable, so he's going to remain the two in this offense. But I think based on the contract and the talent, and he's still fairly young. Another guy you're looking to get in startups if you're you know late, you know if you're if you're late in a startup you you don't want to take that. I'm trying to think of a like like a Zeke. You know I know Zeke's not a cowboy anymore, but but you don't want to take a Zeke. You know that's not the kind of guy that has upside. You know in in, in the later rounds, but a guy like Leonard Fournette would be another guy. If I was doing a startup right now and I had the choice between Leonard Fournette, and Alexander Madison, give me Alexander Madison. Just a guy that is literally a, a pretty injured teammate away from being really viable and really important, especially for seasonal leagues and in uh, in dynasty leagues where you're counting on Dalvin Cook. Uh, the New Orleans Saints um, they've they've done a lot. Um, they've they've been out there in the free agent market. Now they haven't signed him yet. They've been rumored to to foster Moreau, but I, I think the biggest signing. Uh, to date of the QB position was Moreau's former teammate, Derek Carr. Derek Carr um, brought in a, a surprising move. They they reworked the contract of Michael Thomas and looks like he'll be back for a run in 2023. Uh, they brought in Jamal Williams and then re-signed Jawan Johnson. I, I think the, the big one here to talk about uh, is, is Michael Thomas. Uh, does he get that kind of volume? 
I think Michael Thomas at this point in his career for both your dynasty roster and the Saints roster is, is he's a wide receiver too. They invested a lot, a lot, a lot in into Chris Olave. The uh, I think it's the 11th overall pick that belongs to the Eagles was the first round pick they traded up to get Chris Olave. So they're clearly invested in him. But man, as a team, if you had a guy like like Michael Thomas as your wide receiver three, uh, which is very feasible in startups right now, then he would be someone uh, I would be looking to add if you still have a share and, and you're not a contender. Maybe you inherited an orphan with a Michael Thomas. Not a bad time to uh, to look to get rid of him as rookie drafts come up. If you're an orphan and you got a Michael Thomas type receiver and you can trade a second and, and draft a, a rookie wide receiver, I got news for you. Neither one of them are guaranteed to hit. At least the young guy, you've got more years to for him to catch on. Um, New York Giants, uh, Danny Dimes re-signed a four-year deal. Uh, Barkley on the franchise tag. They brought back uh, last year's midseason signing and uh, would-be stud Isaiah Hodgins. Uh, re-signed Darius Slayton, and then they added Darren Waller and Paris Campbell. I, I love this. Um, do I think this puts the Giants on the level of the Eagles or the Cowboys? No, I do not. But do I think this gives them a chance to make the playoffs again and make noise? Yes, I do. Do I believe that in the right circumstances they could press the Dallas Cowboys and the, the Philadelphia Eagles for this division? Yes, I do. The Giants are playing a third-place schedule. They finished third in the, the division, whereas the Eagles – Based on last year's opponents, they're playing the toughest schedule in the league. And for the most part, most of the season, they were pretty healthy. And, you know, the 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 Giants, you know, Brian Dayball and and, and Joe Shane, and I hope I pronounced his name correctly, uh, I, I think there's uh, a lot of upside in this offense. So I'll, I'll discuss that in a little bit. Uh, Philadelphia, they brought back running backs, Boston Scott, and they brought in Rashad Penny. Uh, a move that I really like if you're a Jalen Hurts GM is the signing of Marcus Mariota. Not that Marcus Mariota is in any way, shape, form, or fashion a threat to Jalen Hurts, but A, he keeps the offense going if Jalen Hurts misses uh, a couple of games. Is he better than Gardner Minshew? I don't know. Is he worse than Gardner Minshew? I don't know. But I do know that He's not a threat, and he's a guy that if you have Jalen Hurts and you know, and, and whoever Justin Fields' backup is, these are the kind of guys. Like I'm not a big quarterback handcuff guy, but ask Lamar Jackson. You know, ask his GM if they wish they'd had Huntley on, on their roster last year. Um, Lamar missed all of the fantasy playoffs. Hurts missed time in the fantasy playoffs. Fields missed time in the fantasy playoffs. It's not to say that we avoid these guys, but this is the kind of signing that we need to take note of because there are four or five quarterbacks, not only because of how good they are and where, we, where we've acquired them, but because of the offenses, the coaches, and the, the points they'll put in your, in your lineup if for some reason the starter goes out. So uh, definitely make note of that. Uh, San Francisco, they brought in a personal favorite of mine, Sam Darnold and Jawan Jennings. Uh, I think the Sam Darnold move is a hedge. It's a one-year deal. He's not too far removed from that area of California. He grew up somewhere 
in that mid to northern California area before attending USC. I actually really like it. Um, not the healthiest group of, of quarterbacks around, whether that was Jimmy G, who's now a Raider, uh, Trey Lance, and, and then now Brock Purdy. I would not be surprised if Sam Darnold plays four, five, six games for this team this season. And Kyle Shanahan for the QB is kind of a QB whisperer, miracle worker. I'm not telling you to acquire him, but if he's on your waiver wire in a super flex or you still have him as like your QB four or five, don't move him. Hang on. I'm not so sure this team believes in, in Trey Lance, and I would not be stunned. The more I hear it, the more I think it's possible that Trey Lance could be on the Houston Texans. Trey Lance could be on the Tennessee Titans. That I would not be shocked if they write off Trey Lance. They write off that, that investment of three picks in him and are just willing to move on uh, with, a, with a draft day trade. I'm not predicting that. I'm not saying Sam Darnold's going to be the starter. I'm just saying if you got him cheap and you're sitting on him, not the worst king. Seattle, Geno Smith. You know, um, me personally, I bought Geno in, in a couple of leagues. Uh, I got him in one league for two thirds last year. Uh, top eight QB in standard basic fantasy scoring. And they've not really added anything around him. But, you know, this is a team also with two first round picks, including the number five overall. So I would love to see this team continue to invest in the offense. Uh, I'm not. A, a, a big Anthony Richardson guy, but this is a dream spot. This is perfect. This is the spot that you want. If you like Anthony Richardson, I'm not saying Geno Smith is Alex Smith, even though they're both last names Smith, but it would be wonderful for the Seattle Sea Chickens to be able to draft Mr. Anthony Richardson. And, and if I'm, you know, John Snyder, the GM, I get up on that podium and say, look, you're not seeing Anthony Richardson this year. I don't care if we're picking first. I don't I don't care if we're 11 and 2. I don't care if we're 2 and 11. He is not going to see the field this year. He is going to 100% redshirt. Uh he just he'll just have turned 21 as the season's getting ready to start. Uh, I think Geno Smith would be a hell of a mentor and I think this would be a great bridge year to hand him off to Kenneth Walker and Noah Fant. And DK Metcalf. I think that horrible contract they signed Tyler Lockett will keep him there for another decade, it feels like. But it would be a great spot that in 2024, if the Seattle Seahawks were able to hand off this offense to an Anthony Richardson after a redshirt year in the NFL, I think that would be just perfect. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers brought in my old pal Baker Mayfield and Chase Edmonds. Um, I don't love Baker, but he's a pro. You know, I'm, I worry about the offensive line. I, I think Mike Evans takes the worst of it than than Chris Godwin. Um, I still want to believe in Cade Otten. I, I really like him, uh, Rashad White. But this is going to be an ugly. It's going to be an ugly offense. And I jokingly, half jokingly, saying it, it's a it's a shrewd move to bring in a former number one overall QB to help you tank wide open so that you can get Caleb Williams or. Drake May next year. And then Washington, literally nothing. You know, you know, what the hell? It's 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 my it's my last team, so I'll give you the crickets. L literally nothing. Nothing on the offense, which is a good or a bad thing. Uh, I think this is a good spot for a tight end. 
Um, I would have loved to have seen Dalton Schultz wind up here. Maybe they believe in Logan Thomas. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe they bring in an Austin Hooper. I, I can't tell you. But for right now, this is the Sam Howell show. And for better or worse, uh, I do believe Jacoby Brissett will see some action. I, I, ever since the Andrew Luck debacle when he retired midseason, I've always carried Jacoby Brissett. And I got news for you. Every year since he started one to three games for just about every Superflex team that I have because he's a pro. He's a guy who can give you a 15, 16 fantasy points on a given week. And I'll be honest, as a Terry McLaren guy, I think Jacoby Brissett could be the best QB he's potentially seen in his career. So there you go. There is a run-through of all 16 teams in the NFC, what they've done on the offensive side of the ball to date. A couple of nuggets here or there. So uh, I'm, I'm going to hit you with uh, my buys and sells. So I'll hit you with my first buy. Uh, my first buy is Jamal Williams. This is why I didn't spend a whole ton of time on him when I was talking about the New Orleans Saints. First of all, I don't think it's a secret that we've all seen the horrible video involving Alvin Kamara and the incident in Las Vegas. I think we're all expecting it was not a woman in the video, but due to the nature of it, if he gets the Kareem Hunt 10 games, I, I'm not surprised. And, you know, Jamal Williams is just a football player. And I think that's why Dan Campbell liked him so much. And I think that's why, you know, Derek Carr and this offense will like him so much. Um, he did have the 17 touchdowns. Am I expecting that again next year? No, no, I'm not. But the one thing I do expect is the pass volume to go back up. He was not overly involved in the passing game last year, but the Saints were a team last year that were in the top half of the league in pass targets to the running back position. Uh, they had 107, so that's an average of just over six a game. And believe it or not, even though you didn't see it last year, Jamal Williams, not a horrible pass catcher. His career high is, is 39 catches. So I just I see a guy that's not going to return another RB1 season, but he's the kind of guy that for like a, a, a an early third in dynasty drafts, I think you can get him. You know, I'm looking for Jamal Williams in every league that I'm in, and I'm looking for any middle of the road, non-contending team and trying to give that person draft picks. I think that's a, a great way, a great way to to sell him off. Um, so yeah, I I, I love I love me some some Jamal Williams. I always have. He's one of my favorite players in the league. He's just a good dude and a fun personality, but not someone as a non-contender I'm, I'm investing a lot in. He's more of a contender's, contender's play. Uh, my first sell also at the, the running back position, this will shock absolutely nobody if you follow me on Twitter at DWZ Memphis. It is Mr. Rashad Penny. Uh, this gent is going into his sixth pro season. He's 27 years old. He's played literally half of his career games, so just a, just a shade over. Uh, he's been eligible to play 82. He's actually played 42. So he's literally injured half the time. And the the thing about him is I'm not anti-Rashad Penny. I'm anti because he has so many truthers. And I get when he's on the field, he plays good. But if if you just go with a presidential term, which is four years, or the gap between like Summer Olympics, which is four years, and in and, and, and the last four years, he has played 28 of a possible 66 games. So his rookie year, he actually played well into the double digits. I think the number was 14, but always hurt. Very well, very well thought of 
And he could literally not make this roster. His guarantee this year is $600,000. It was a one-year deal. Um, Alexander Madison, James Robinson, Samaj P. Ryan, all of these guys got way more money than, than Rashad Penny. I know we like him. I know we're rooting for him. He he can produce in, in, in spurts. But remember last year, before he got hurt, he had one game, one game in double-digit PPR points, one. Outside of that, the other six, five, six games he played were all single digits. So um, if you can find a truther that would give you any second for him, he's gone. He's dust. See you later. Get him off my roster. Um, not a Rashad Penny guy. Uh, my, my, my next buy is Daniel Dimes. Um, we mentioned his contract. Four years, $160 million. If you look at the way that it was structured, it was to where he makes $19 million this year. There's a big balloon payment next year, but then he becomes very cuttable in 25 and 26. So if you acquire Daniel Jones on your Superflex team, you're really getting a two-year option. You're getting a two-year guy that, I mean, obviously if he gets hurt and they get the number one overall pick and they draft Caleb Williams, that goes without saying, but barring major in- injury, you're acquiring a two-year piece in, in, in your Superflex league. He was last year's QB7. Uh, I didn't factor in week 18. Um, most of our championship weeks are week 17. Uh, so using that format, he was the QB7 on the season. He averaged 18 PPR points per game, which is more than Tua. And this is not a shot at Tua. This is to illustrate Tua was a guy who we all thought was on a was on an MVP pace. Um, a lot of people, ESPN, Fox Sports, whatever, they they said, hey, you know, first six games of the year, Tua, Tua's in the MVP talk. And Danny Dimes was scoring more points than that. He also scored more points per game than Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert. I'm not saying he's a better buy or a better startup piece than those guys. I just think that he, you can get him for QB2 prices. And, I mean, again, this is a team that added Waller. It added Campbell. It's going to get Wandale Robinson back. They re-signed Slayton. Uh, every mock draft I've seen has them taking Zay Flowers. I've also seen a little Jordan little Jordan Addison, but I think this is a team that's going to continue to invest in the offense. I love Brian Dayball, and I'm not saying you're ever going to get the heights of a Josh Allen, but I mean, QB six with maybe he can squeeze into the top five. I don't know. 700 sneaky rushing yards. I don't hate it. Uh, And then my last guy is is Tony Pollard. Um, Tony Pollard was a stone cold buy this time last year. Uh, for the same reasons that I liked Miles Sanders this time last year, right? Going into his free agent year, um, unfortunately, he got franchise tagged, so he's going to be on Dallas, very popular team, very polarizing, um, but it's a one-year deal. He's coming off of injury. Uh, I think if there's any team in the NFL that I think would make a, a reach for Saquon, not Saquon, excuse me, Bijan, and, and could make him the first running back off of the board, it's it's Jerry Jones. This feels very Jerry Jones, and he could get competition. He's going to get someone in there. Maybe it's a Kareem Hunt. I don't know, um, but it's not just going to be you know Tony Pollard in there. And does he have RB one overall upside? Not really. Not in my opinion. Not if everybody stays healthy. If Eckler stays on the Chargers and stays healthy. If JT stays healthy in a in a much more running back friendly offense. Uh, Brees Hall comes back as healthy. Kenneth Walker. These are all guys, if everybody has their best season, 
easily have better seasons than Tony Pollard. But the reason why I bring him up is not to disparage his good name, but if I could go get a guy like Josh Jacobs and a first, now maybe I have to add a third or a second to Sanders, but they're basically the same guy. They're both operating on a one-year contract. They're going to be the focal point of their offense. I don't see the Raiders uh, investing in the running back position. Uh, I I think that uh, uh, Josh Jacobs got lucky. He avoided Damian Harrison, the Patriot reunion that every ex-Patriot assistant coach tries to create when they go become a head coach. But I still like Zamir White. Um, There's still some potential for a rookie here. But if I could get Josh Jacobs plus, even like I said, even if I have to add a second to Pollard just off name value and off of hype value, I'll gladly take Jacobs and any extra because I know it's a they're, they're both one year players, and then we'll see. And and, and because of that, I, th- I think I can again, I get the same points and I can pick up a little bit extra. I wouldn't do it with Justin Fields and a first for Josh Allen. I will take Josh Jacobs and some picks for Tony Pollard. So there you go, gang. There is a show. Um, Jerry wanted to be here. He cannot be here. But um, like I said, I, I was recording this on Monday night. And if you'd been subscribed to our YouTube channel, then you you would have caught this show early. Um, and speaking of YouTube, so if you're listening to this on Tuesday, again, this is where you're going to need your, your time machine. Uh, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, on Tuesday evening, I am jumping on with John Sheps of the Toilets to Titles podcast. We're going to discuss my rookie rankings, um, where I have this rookie class going. It'll be great because on this show this week, I'll be doing another show just like this one for the AFC later in the week. So it'll be nice to get a veteran break and and talk some rookies. And then I'm joining the boys over at the Dynasty Fever podcast on Wednesday. So if you're listening to this Wednesday morning, sometime later Wednesday evening, I'm going to jump on with the gang over at Dynasty Fever And then probably Thursday for a Friday bonus, I'm going to jump on it and and knock out the AFC as well as knocking out any additional signings if they happen to land with the NFC. Like I just threw out the hypothetical, if Kareem Hunt signs with the Dallas Cowboys or the Arizona Cardinals or any team in the NFC, I will jump back in and I will record that later in the week. I, I want to thank everybody. The downloads have been tremendous. Um, but ask you for a couple of things. I want to ask you for a couple. If you made it this far, then you're one of the loyal ones. And I want to ask you for a couple of three things. You know, as well, as a matter of fact, for sticking all the way out to, to the very end, I will even give you the couple of three things sounder. Let me tell you a couple of three things. Let me tell you a couple of three things. One, I need you to go to YouTube. You go to YouTube, you search Dynasty Warzone, you hit subscribe. Please, pretty please. Go to YouTube, Dynasty Warzone, hit subscribe. If you want to watch any of this, it's under live videos until uh, till some more videos come. Uh, number two, I, I want you to go to iTunes, Spotify, wherever you can rate and review this show. And I'd like you to rate and review this show. We are currently sitting at 258 reviews. I would love to have 300, a Spartan, if you've ever seen the movie 300, a Spartan's worth, that's in honor of Jerry, a Spartan's worth of reviews. I don't care if you give us one star. I don't care if you give us five stars. I've heard it said on other podcasts, feedback is a gift. Maybe you like the new setup on YouTube. Maybe you you see Bo. Bo is back uh, on the YouTube setup. That's worth going to YouTube alone. And and then the the final thing I I would ask is consider patreon.com, patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone. Uh, you get a tremendous group chat. You get a lot of extra podcasts. 
you get one-on-one help. Rookie season right around the corner. Uh, I can be your uh, your ace in the hole. Not not an asshole. I mean, I can be an asshole, but I can be like an ace up your sleeve. Better analogy. I can be your ace up the sleeve as you're doing those rookie drafts. Happy to help you look at your roster, what makes sense, what doesn't. And, and that's for next to nothing over at patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone. Again, Tuesday night, I'll be hanging out with John Sheps at Toilets to Titles. Wednesday, I'll be hanging out with the gang over at Dynasty Fever. Friday, I'll be back on our YouTube channel and in this podcast system doing the AFC. But until then, I want to thank you for for riding with me today. Uh, I want to shout out to Jerry. Way to be a good husband. And uh, remember, follow us everywhere on social. Just search Dynasty Warzone, follow us, subscribe everywhere, leave a rating, leave a review, and I will catch you guys on mini podcast later this week. Thanks, guys. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. The member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds. Tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak